0: Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brose, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brose wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brose, the podcast for those who drink Rose. What does Ghost Riding the Whip have to do with finally having a solution to the mystery of what happened at Diet Love Pass?
1: Why does the number one delivery service treat its workers like number two? Can you ask that rainbow-colored dragon manatee behind me if I'm fucking crazy? Why is alkaline water Al people? Because they're drinking it.
0: Oh, I wrote Podcast Shopping Network teaser. <laughs>
1: nice. <laughs>
0: The answers to these questions, plus emotional weather, and segment, that's tonight on Person in Person. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Person in Person. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Person in Person is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows.
1: That's right, Gene. Since 1850, we've been bringing you the only news you need.
0: You mean we've been recording since almost 7 o'clock p.m.? That's that's really
1: funny, actually. (laughs) That made me
0: laugh. Yeah. (laughs) So, I apologize that the show is dropping into the feed late this week. I uh, fell down a staircase uh, during my vacation, Uh, and so I'm i'm not doing great i'm I'm okay i'm gonna live
1: but um that happened so See, what had happened was he was having a fight in an old-timey western saloon and somebody mm-hmm, threw a haymaker mm-hmm. and over he went
0: yeah and i was just i was just there nursing my imaginary beer that i can't drink because i'm deathly allergic to alcohol but uh so it goes As we get deeper into season two, the show is getting easier to make an edit. And so I do want to thank you for bearing with us. I think our new schedule will be uh, either Fridays or Saturdays for upload, starting obviously with next week, since I was Seattle and in Portland this week and fell down a staircase and we're getting everything out late. Um, But let's that's enough
1: housekeeping. Let's get right into the story beats. Scientists now say that the asteroid Apophis will not be striking Earth in 2068 as they had feared. Better luck next time, God.
0: Georgia Republicans have passed what the media is calling a sweeping election overhaul, but this media outlet calls it like we seize it. So we're just going to come out and say what it is. So let's take that again from the top. <clears throat> Georgia Republicans have passed a sweeping bill designed to infringe on the voting rights of the majority of its citizens. Representative
1: government just works. What can I say? See, the thing is, and this sounds like a joke, but it's literally true. The founding fathers knew that the secret to a healthy democracy was to make sure that most people don't and can't vote. Different scientists have discovered the molecular switch that makes human brains different from other primates and flipped it to produce eight brain tissue with human-like structure. Charlton Heston could not be reached for comment because he's dead. President
0: Joe Biden is on the record as saying the U.S. faces a battle to, quote, prove that democracy works. If you have questions about whether or not democracy works, the news team here at Person in Person cordially invite you to revisit the first of my story beats
1: tonight. Actress Jessica Walter has died at age 80. She is survived by daughter Lindsay and sons Michael, Job, Buster and Anyang. R.I.P. to a true legend. It came out this week that two
0: brothers from Morgan are terrorists. FBI agents say Matthew Klein and Jonathan Peter Klein, two good old boys from Sherwood, participate in the stupid riot on the Capitol. They'll now face charges of conspiracy, disorderly conduct, and others. I bet these two champions of intellect did not see that coming.
1: Emphasis on the Nazi. <laughs> thank you for that emphasis we had completely missed it without it (laughs) all right oh i had i wanted to do one of two jokes either a joke about how there are probably definitely more than two brothers from oregon who are terrorists or right right or a joke about how i know a story about two other good old boys from sherwood and their names were robin hood and little john so let's not rush to judgment
0: okay okay fair enough Enough about the news. It's time for main news. news. We
1: love it. It's the main news.
0: Our top story tonight, the infamous diet law of Pass incident in which nine hikers died under extremely mysterious circumstances may have finally been solved. Now I'm going to get into this a little bit here, Greg, and then we'll, we'll jump in with yours, which I'm really freaking excited about. But, uh, These young Russian hikers in 1959 went on a trek through the Ural Mountains toward a peak affectionately known as Dead Mountain. Don't hike to Dead Mountain. They pitched their tents, literally, at the base of a slope as a blizzard hit that chilled the air to negative 19 Fahrenheit. When investigators found the bodies nearly a month later, some were half-dressed and some in just socks and underwear, some had broken bones and cracked skulls, several were missing eyes. One woman was missing a tongue. The tent was slashed open from the inside and still had some of their neatly folded clothing and half-eaten food. So it was already determined that all of them had died of hypothermia. Uh, But a mystery remained. What had forced them out into the cold that night? And there were a lot of explanations from UFOs to Yetis. But there is now strong evidence to suggest that a small avalanche occurred which is actually responsible for a lot of it and forced them to exit the tent where they succumbed to the elements. And the wildlife took care of those eyes and that tongue.
1: Okay. Seems straightforward enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the half dress nature of them may have been just because they had to scramble out of the tent in a hurry because they got, they were battered by that avalanche or it could have been uh, what they call paradoxical undressing, which happens in hypothermia where You're incredibly cold, but you think you're super hot and need to undress.
1: So it's not the Yeti, though, the dreaded, abominable snowman. No, it's definitely not the Yeti. Wink. Okay, because the way you just said Wink right now makes me think it probably was the Yeti and you don't want to make him mad, which I get
0: because he'll kill you. I, I, I definitely didn't say Wink just then. There might be some kind of artifact or something coming through on my mic. I have no idea. You, you
1: know what it is? Wink! Oh, see, there it is. I think it's your pop filter if you want to move that down just a little bit. Yeah, I can try, but that takes effort. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, what does that have to do with ghost riding the whip? Now, for those who don't remember, because this is, you know, a phenomenon of yore, by which I mean a couple of years ago, uh, ghost riding the whip is the practice of jumping out of your moving car to dance and then jumping back in. It's super awesome and like all awesome things you can do people have been injured and killed doing it. Yep. Yep. It's a it's a it's a pastime born of Oakland,
0: California, crown jewel of the East Bay.
1: Mhm. Oaktown, you know how they do? They jump out of their cars, mm-hmm. they dance and they jump right back in. Also the home of whistle tips. <laughs> oh my god. They got some good-ass car trends coming out of Oakland, I will tell you.
0: Yeah. So uh, do you so, suspect that maybe it wasn't an avalanche at all that they were just trying to ghost ride the whip that was their tent on the slope of the mountain
1: see or or possibly they were trying to ghost ride the avalanche like the avalanche is coming they're like we'll take shelter in the tent and then the coolest guy in the hiking group was like nah fuck that i'm gonna ghost ride the avalanche so right he's like you know you know what'd be sick <laughs> right he, he jumps out he starts flossing And then he just screaming into the, into the cold Russian night. I'm going to hook it up. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, this is a guy who turned it up to 11 and paid the ultimate price. Right. RIP. He's in heaven with Jessica Walter right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But here's the other thing I was thinking of, and this is a little more like conceptual, right? uh So hiking is ghost riding the whip of civilization basically <laughs> ghost riding the whip of civilization
0: yes oh my god that is just luxuriously beautiful that sent, that 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 phrase and i'm going to embrace it and and that is now a, a part of my my general lexicon. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it gets the point across, right? Because civilization is this vehicle we all ride in, keeps us safe. But sometimes you want to hop out, do a little dance out in raw, untamed nature. Then you want to hop mm-hmm. back in. But sometimes you try to hop back in and there's an avalanche or a Yeti. Right. <laughs> right. Or
0: just your car has gone a little too far. Or you've got suicide doors and suddenly
1: you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Don't camp. Mm-hmm. Don't camp. Don't hike. Don't antagonize the Yeti. Those are his slopes. There's one person you'll never win against. Nature.
0: Is nature a person? Nature is the toughest Yeti there is. Oh, shit.
1: Okay, wink. well... <laughs> the teaser is just gonna be you going, wink! Wink! <laughs> uh. I'm I'm calling it. I'm calling the shot on the teaser.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You think it's just going to be me saying wink a bunch of times? <laughs> I mean, that would actually. The more you say it, the funnier it gets to me. So, <laughs> OK, well, that's good. All right. Well, do you think we've solved it? Do you think there's any other
1: hidden connections we might not have? We might not have seen. Well, I think we've maybe even uncovered some hidden connections that ought to have stayed hidden. If you know what I'm saying without saying it. Oh, Oh, I do. Gesture! (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I can already tell this is going to be a good episode. This is the best fucking show ever made. All other shows are dog shit compared to our show. Full (laughs) stop.
0: Uh, All right. I'm going to go ahead and dive in with my breaking news story. Yeah, do it. Oregonian Martin Abrego, I guess this week I've got a lot of Oregon-themed stories, so, so deal with that. Oregonian <laughs> Martin Abrego, 27 of Salem, was arrested Tuesday afternoon after officers responded to reports of him shooting a gun in the backyard of a residence. He drove away, but officers spotted the vehicle and detained Abrego. Police did notice when they first arrived at the property that it smelled strongly of natural gas. One of the bullets had hit the meter, but the gas service was turned off and no one was hurt. Abrego, as it turns out, didn't have a vendetta against this family. Rather, he'd been taking some potent narcotics and was firing his weapon at his hallucinations. Abrego was taken to a hospital to treat the intoxication and was later charged with unlawful use of a weapon and reckless endangering. Which is just great. Punish the guy who's protecting the rest of us from those freckled flesh-eating flying fish. I mean, they killed that unicorn. It's just a matter of time before they come for us.
1: See, that's the thing that nobody ever talks about is like, okay, what if they were real? And the only reason he could see them is because he had stimulated his mind. Right,
0: right. He went into another dimension while, while staying anchored into this dimension physically. And, you know, all of a sudden his perception was widened and he was able to see things that are really there and are after all of us,
1: like the Yeti. Is the Yeti invisible? I can't handle that. I mean, please tell me the Yeti's (laughs) not (laughs) invisible. Oh, God.
0: I mean, there's a reason they don't, they haven't found his body Mm. or, or any carcasses of Yetis in all these years.
1: Okay, well, I live. In, I live in a fairly arid climate. I'm hoping that the Yeti doesn't like that. Well, the Yeti is a is an Asian
0: beast. You know, it's not it's not likely to crop up in uh, in Southern
1: Oregon. However, there is that old Sam Squanch. You know, I got to tell you this. <clears throat> I don't know if we can fit this into the episode, but um, it was a few weeks ago. Uh, my dad was uh, was out uh, driving for work. And he ran into a guy who was hunting for Bigfoot and okay. the guy was, S- and he was like Senator. He <laughs> <Yes>, it was, <laughs> it was Senator Cletus Gosh. fuckface or whatever his name was from Oklahoma. <laughs> um, and, uh, this guy, this guy was like, Oh, you you're, you're local. You live around here. He's like, Oh yeah, I've lived around here my whole life. He's like, Oh, well then you must've seen one or seen tracks at least. And he's like, no, Never. And, and this guy was certain that my dad was lying to him, trying to Mm -hmm. protect the secret of Bigfoot. (laughs) Because, because
0: why would you, why would you take any evidence (laughs) as fact when it may contradict your worldview? or your,
1: your passionate belief that you've had for an espoused for so long. Well, he apparently, he thought he might have to come to blows with this Bigfoot guy because he was absolutely insistent that he had to have seen Bigfoot. And if he said he wasn't, he was lying. But, and, but then the guy said they were working under the theory now that the Bigfoot may possess some kind of cloaking technology. Oh, sure. Not like sure. a natural camouflage, but like predator style cloaking technology, or maybe just goes into his little pocket dimension, like the Yeti. I mean, it could be. Uh, Well, that that is how it went down in Monsters, Inc., right? Right. So, right. (laughs) I mean, and and Pixar wouldn't lie to us. No, that movie was a documentary. All all Pixar movies are true, except for Up. You can't actually lift a whole house with that many balloons. No, no.
0: Yeah, that, that was a that was a crock of shit.
1: Yeah, I was so offended. People do
0: die, though. People
1: that you love do die. So that happens. <laughs> that is true. The one that you love that you spend your whole life with will leave you alone to struggle on without them. Okay. On this uplifting note, let's move on to your breaking news story. Let's do it. So, folks, as you may know, uh, Amazon workers in Bessemer, Alabama are trying to unionize right now. And, of course, Amazon's trying to stop them uh, in their uh, one of their most recent social media forays. Uh, Amazon referred to themselves as the Bernie Sanders of corporations. The fact that you can say those words, <laughs> what the Bernie Sanders of corporations. Okay. What? Now I'm going to say these words. Amazon is the Bernie Sanders of corporations. And the fact that God did not take me from this earth instantly proves that there is no God, because that is a sentence that you should not be allowed to say. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Even hearing it feels like I'm wearing a rejuvenate mask on my brain. Right. So when, uh, employees, uh, replied to this statement by pointing out that they're tired of excreting into bottles and bags to make their delivery quotas, the company scoffed that any of their workers would be forced to do such things. But here's the kicker. There's always a memo. And in this case, there was a series of internal memos which show that management is well aware of this widespread practice. And while they reserve the right to fire the drivers who get caught doing it, they won't do anything to make it less necessary. In fact, uh, as you can imagine during COVID times, uh, delivery quotas have only gone up. And, yeah. uh, the practice isn't confined to drivers either. Warehouse workers are frequently faced with the same choice because they're under the same impossible pressure to deliver. Yeah, this is, uh, God, it's just, it's grotesque is what it is. It sucks, man. I mean, and well, and this is a problem that long haul truckers have faced for many, many years.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I am aware of that. I just, uh, I feel like just by asserting that they are the quote, Bernie Sanders of corporations, which like corporate and Bernie Sanders in the same sentence alone. Let alone Amazon
1: don't belong together. That's like you know, I'm I'm the L E V Zell of Nazis. It's Right It's words that right. don't make sense together. And when you say shit like that, it just makes people hate you, as they should because you suck. Yeah. Yeah. And so this almost goes without saying, but at the same time, it can literally never be said enough. Fuck Amazon. Solidarity with the workers in Bessemer and all around the world. I completely concur and I uh, celebrate uh, your choice to highlight this story, my friend. So you would say that this story is actually number one. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. That is a royal flush of a joke. See, that one's much better. I, I didn't like my joke, but I liked your joke and my joke set up your joke, so. I feel like that's pretty good. Well,
0: uh, we keep on this train and you're in for a lot more puns. Man. I didn't feel good about that. I feel dirty. <laughs>
1: well, I, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a joke in my brain. Do you remember uh, UPS's old slogan back when UPS was, wasn't like when they were more the big courier company? It was what can Brown do for you? Yeah. I'm trying to work yeah. that in somewhere, but my brain just isn't making it happen for me. It's all good. You know what I was just thinking about? And this is completely off the subject. It's
0: back to a previous subject. I know where your dad screwed up with the Bigfoot guy. Mm. He didn't. um, He didn't, in the middle of the conversation, just start saying, wink. (laughs) The wink, it gets me. All right, folks, it's the emotional weather. Uh, This week, we've chosen
1: important, impotent, and impatient. Uh, for my important weather, I'd like to talk about the most important man in the world, Joe Biden, who uh, just this past week had his first presidential press conference, which I watched in its entirety in an act of Christ like self sacrifice so that I could make fun of it for you. Um, it did go pretty well, all things considered. Um, Biden only completely lost his place, and I mean completely in the pre-written question and answers three or four times. And he only physically wandered away from the podium once, and it only took him about three seconds to remember where he was and go back to the podium. So, and after that, they pretty much called it a day because (laughs) <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go out on a high. You gotta leave them yeah. wanting more. That's the first rule yeah, of showbiz. Probably base. starting to get into nap time too. So you know, oh dude, this this press conference was well before six p.m., and I guarantee you, when he went sundown that night, he went all the way down. All right, my important story. I want to talk about. I want to talk about
0: importance because I think it's important that we outline something in regards to these vaccines. At least here in Oregon, medical workers were first in line to get their vaccines. That's smart. It makes sense, as they're the ones who treat cases and help to administer the vaccines in the first place. Next up were teachers, caregivers and seniors. And I'm okay with the former two, and and truth be told, the latter. Although we'll get into a reason why I think seniors should have been delayed further. Prisoners were another that cropped up in this mix, and I'm fine with that. Schools, jails and care facilities all have people in proximity and provide a lot of opportunity for the virus to spread. But do you know what's missing from the above list? Essential workers, grocery workers, food service workers, delivery drivers. All of those people deserve to have vaccine priority, maybe even before the second group. We've asked so much of our essential workers and we don't increase the safety net or compensate them for the incredible risk they take for us every day.
1: You forgot podcasters, though, Gene. Yeah, podcasters should have been first before anyone else. Because the thing is, during this during this time of lockdown, people are listening to a lot more podcasts. And so we're basically better than firemen. Right. We're heroes absolute heroes and you know what we don't wear capes i'm actually wearing a cape right now but it's not a superman cape it's like a james brown cape okay sweet because when i'm on the mic it's like james brown and i guess i'm wearing a jedi robe that could technically
0: be considered a cape so i guess we wear capes
1: (laughs) some heroes do wear capes now all right on on to impotent for my impotent story uh you may know Uh, This is a little bit of uh, medical trivia that Viagra was originally developed to treat high blood pressure and heart disease. Mm -hmm. But uh, when they found out that it gave people instant powerful erections, they didn't care about heart disease as much. So, (laughs) right. Um, And in fact, so little attention has been paid to its original purpose that it's only just now been shown that Viagra actually does lead to longer lives and better health outcomes for heart patients. Um, it actually mm-hmm. works way better than other types of drugs that they currently use. So, well, and I'm aware that um, it's sometimes
0: prescribed off label for um, congestive heart failure. Yeah, I mean, or it opens those blood vessels. uh, Maybe that was the condition. I don't remember what the condition it was, but uh, it was it was prescribed off label for the the wife of a friend of mine, um, and it it helped her with some heart issues she was dealing with.
1: Yeah, if you need a vasodilator, I mean, it works great. So Mm. um, we might actually see uh, prescriptions of Viagra go up. Um, Do me a favor, though, everybody, and don't tell Joe Biden. Not because I want him to die sooner of his vascular disease that's caused his vascular dementia, but because he's a sex criminal.
0: Right, right. So let's all keep the boner pills away from Grandpa Happy. I also uh, wanted to talk about one of the less visible risks of COVID-19. I've got a a COVID theme going through our emotional weather, and I apologize because I know that's sort of our lives right now, but um, I had a limited ability to research stories while I was doing my notes, and I felt like this was a pretty good thread of ideas. Anyway, recently, a 69-year-old man fighting off the virus had to contend with priapism, a painful erection that lasts a really long time. The condition was caused by a blood clot, which COVID-19 caused, because that's one of the things this virus does. This man was already in acute respiratory decline and ultimately ended up needing to be put on a ventilator. Sometime later, a nurse noticed the raging boner. They iced the erection, but it wouldn't go down, and it ultimately lasted over three hours. The doctors determined the erection was basically due to the blood clot blocking the ability of blood to flow back out of the penis. The problem with that is that the trapped blood is deprived of oxygen, and oxygen-poor blood begins to damage all the tissue around it. And because of that, untreated priapism can lead to absolute impotence. This man was lucky, but wearing a mask and getting the vaccine might not only save your life, gentlemen, it might save your boner.
1: I'll tell it to you straight, kids, wear your masks, because if you don't, your cock's gonna rot off.
0: Now, and and not to rush things along, but let's uh, let's get
1: into the impatience. All right, all right, fair enough. I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Now, (laughs) i hate spring because it's the most indecisive frustrating season you get at least around here you get two nice days and then it snows three inches and then it's hail and it's rain it's too much weather i hate weather because unpredictable temperature swings play havoc with my creepy old body see i don't want to give away the game too much for our listeners but I do have some health conditions that make unpredictable weather, very unpleasant for me. So there's about six months out of the year where I just feel like shit most of the time and I'm over it. I hate the summer too, but in a different way. And I'm ready for it to be at least may. So hurry up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure the weather. Right on that. I thought it was really funny that you mentioned hating the weather during our weather segment. It's kind of neat.
1: Oh yeah, like emotional weather, love the shit. Can't get enough. Real weather, mm-hmm. no. No, thank you. <laughs> I will pass. Alright, for my impatient
0: story, yet another COVID story here, I want to talk about Oregon's large population of seniors. Because something has to be done to rein them in. <laughs> It's bad enough that they all feel so entitled to comment on and judge the rest of it. It's, it's bad enough that they want to boycott all that's good in the world while simultaneously decrying cancel culture. When news broke that teachers and prisoners would be vaccinated before seniors, my Facebook feed erupted into a theater of passive aggression, where ill-composed sargasm and regurgitating right-wing talking points were the only message being carried and 100% of that was coming from the boomer set. I'm talking to our senior listeners now. I assume that's 0% of our audience because occasionally I'm known to say a swear. And uh, to get the show in the first place, you have to be able to work a smartphone or computer, but just in case. I know you think you're the most vulnerable to this virus, despite the fact that you're safe hunkered down in the home you bought for a nickel back when Bill Cosby was, quote, one of the good ones. Thing is, prisoners and teachers don't have much choice in where they're going to be. They're going to be in close proximity to other people. And through the chain of cause and effect, those people are likely to be connected to other people, including essential workers, which means if they get sick, it's more likely you'll get sick for all of your complaints about the whining of the generations that have come after you whine kind of a lot. And I think we need to start working on some kind of carrot and stick to train you how to behave yourselves. Positive and negative reinforcement work for toddlers. Maybe they'll work for boomers as well.
1: Well, Gene, if you're looking to take care of the old people, wink. Uh, I know a guy named uh, Andrew Cuomo. He- he'll sort them out. Jesus, that is a dark joke. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't make jokes about that. Wink. It's better when you do it because of the way your voice goes up. <laughs> I, I am loving it. I really am.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm going to milk that forever, but at least through this episode, expect some winks, folks. As you know, every week, our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. And this week, Greg Person
1: has the story. Folks, this is one of those food crimes like raw water that uh, makes me genuinely angry because of how... Dangerous it is. And it's called Real Water. Now, I hasten to clarify that that is the name of the product, Real Water, but it is not actually that. It's a concoction of water, baking soda, and God knows what else that has caused liver failure in at least five children in Nevada, while several other children and adults have experienced vomiting, nausea, loss of appetite, and fatigue, with more such cases popping up as we speak. Because you don't fuck with your pH. No, you don't do it. You're, that's the thing that's insane to me about this this alkaline water trend, which, folks, if you haven't heard about this, if you're not into the whole goop tech bro culture that, that thinks drinking baking soda will make you a superhuman or live forever or something, um, there are people who've been led to believe that their bodies are too acidic and that they should counter this by drinking water full of baking soda, bleach, lye, etc. But it's like, it, why not just return to the humoral
0: model of medicine? If you're going to start believing this bullshit.
1: Well, I've actually, I had that idea to. St- well, you might remember this. I pitched this to you years ago. I was going to start traditional occidental medicine. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll find some suckers to pay for it the thing is folks and this this is an actual medical fact i'm not a doctor but i do have a podcast so i'm basically better um Mm -hmm. your body maintains its own ph as a matter of course Mm -hmm. you're always going to be at the correct ph unless you have a small number of extremely rare easily diagnosed and treatable actual medical conditions that your doctor will discover before you do so Don't drink baking soda. It's bad for you. This kind of crap kills people all the time. So Mm -hmm. just because it's on Facebook doesn't mean it's true. And just because someone is selling it doesn't mean it's safe. Because believe me, the FDA is up these people's asses right now. And according to the FDA, they are not cooperating like they should be. So, Well, rightly so, I...
0: I, I, I just can't believe that they they thought it was a good idea to offer poison.
1: <laughs> well, as a healthy solution,
0: I just it boggles the mind. If you're a it complete
1: really moron, you don't know it's poison, and no, sure, and that's sure. and that's the problem. Is you know people think that they need these supplements of all kinds, or else they they can't be truly healthy. Folks, I I hate to be the one to be Debbie Downer, but. There is no magic potion, but the flip side is the good news. There's nothing your body needs that you can't get out of a balanced diet, getting regular exercise, plenty of sleep and telling your boss to go fuck himself. Those are all the ingredients of a happy life, and they're basically free. So go nuts. All right. Well, that sounds like a that sounds
0: like a a prescription for happiness. Let's uh, let's move on to sports.
1: All right. Now, this one, I want to talk to you all about competitive meat judging, uh, which is the practice of uh, teams of people, usually at the high school and college level. Um, They study to grade meat according to the standards of the USDA. And then they go into meat lockers and they're uh, shown cuts and carcasses of various animals and asked to grade them. Now, it's a fair question whether this is a sport, but these teams do train and compete very hard in order to get noticed by professional scouts so that they can go pro as meat inspectors and make really very little money. So it sounds like more of a sport than ferret legging. Oh no, I mean, the animals in this sport are already dead, so they can't be tortured. So, right so. now. How it works is you examine the cuts and carcasses to determine age, grade, etc. Now one of the things you want to look for, which has always tickled me because I've actually um, sort of been peripherally aware of this for a while, is um, the main thing you want to do is spot a hard bone. Because a hard bone means that um, certain cartilaginous tissue in the juvenile animal has hardened into bone which means that the carcass in question is too old uh, for most commercial purposes. So hmm. if you want, you want to try and spot that hard bone. Yeah, I'll spot a hard bone from across the room. Take it easy, Joe. <laughs> uh. as, a, as an aside, I actually... Um, you know, because there's all kinds of agricultural grading that you can do competitively. There's egg grading, mm-hmm. which I actually know more about. Um, and was featured in Napoleon Dynamite, I believe. Oh, it was, wasn't it? No,
0: no, no, no. It was milk
1: grading, Was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I only ever saw that movie once. It was kind of a little too twee for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it... I I ended up watching it like a hundred times over the course of one weekend because it was the only DVD worth watching in a travel trailer that I had borrowed for a weekend. And, um, And it just happened to be at the time that my carpal tunnel started rearing its ugly face. And so
1: I wasn't getting much sleeping in and I just watched Napoleon Dynamite. Just a bunch of times when you mentioned carpal tunnel, I thought you were going to say you couldn't jerk off. So you had to watch Napoleon dynamite. I was like, you would have to have that capacity taken away from you in order to watch Napoleon dynamite (laughs) a hundred times. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's funny. All right. Let's get into the podcast shopping network. Aren't birds great. Sure. We love birds, but who wants the hassle of owning one? You have to feed and water them and clean their cages. It's just all so much work. But what if you could enjoy responsible bird ownership without all that mess? Well, now you can with Perfect Polly. Perfect Polly is a plastic toy parakeet that swivels its head in super creepy mechanical way, all while chirping three notes incessantly. It's a miracle of modern engineering. I hear you. Perfect Polly isn't perfect enough. Well, let's refine things. Let's give Polly a motion sensor so that every time you move, the robot bird springs to life, chirping away joylessly in the wee hours when you get up for a midnight pee. Perfect Polly retailed for $14.99 plus $6.99 shipping and handling and is in no way the herald of Skynet or
1: the coming robot apocalypse. Gene, this is going to surprise you because, you know, I'm usually pretty game for these products that you bring onto the show. But I hate this. (laughs) because this is literally a Philip K. Dick story. This is what Android's Dream of Electric Sheep was about. Right? The thing is, we live in the cyberpunk future and the thing about the cyberpunk future is if I could go back to my my younger self, like my 12-year-old self reading William Gibson and be like, listen, all this stuff is basically going to come true, but it's going to be stupid as hell. And it's going to suck. Right. It's like you're not going to have like some, you know, servo motor cyber raptor perched on your shoulder. It's just going to be a little plastic bird that swivels and fucking sounds an alarm when you get up to take a piss.
0: Right. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, a portable tiki room uh, animatronic is
1: what it is. I hate it so much. I hate the future. <laughs> My God, I would do anything to go back to the 80s just give me a fucking cassette tapes and original Mm -hmm. Nintendo with only three games that had been released because we loved those games and we played the shit out of them yeah I certainly did I
0: spent an entire summer as an eggplant in kid in a kid Icarus wink Uh, all right, moving on, it's time for State
1: Up. This week, State Up is featuring the great state of Colorado. Uh, Colorado is also known as the Miley Cyrus State because it came in like a wrecking ball.
0: <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Well, Colorado is most famous for its mountains, did you know that it also has an impressive
1: range of molehills? Despite its name, Colorado is the only state still displayed entirely in black and white for artistic reasons.
0: Colorado is home to Coors Light, a beverage first created when water decided to dress in
1: yellow for church. Wales still don't have the vote in Colorado. Denver's airport is decorated
0: with an enormous statue of a demonic horse. This is actually true. Just imagine what that beauty would fetch you in a Hungarian market.
1: Oh, man, that that demon soup is the best soup.
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. And a lot of it. I mean, spicy, but good, but cursed, but good, but evil, (laughs) but good. (laughs) Are you doing a Simpsons reference? (laughs) I may be.
0: Our final segment tonight, as every night, is Person to Person and Person, where we share the valuable feedback from you, our wonderful Tims, with the rest of our audience. This week, our feedback comes from a Tim who is, in fact, Mrs. Tim in real life. She writes, Hello, Greg and Jean. I would love if you could write me a haiku about polygamy. Thank you, Mrs. Tim. Like, for real. Well, say no more, Mrs. Tim. Your haikus await. I'll go ahead and start off. My only promise, Gene Person listens better than Cody Brown does. And just for the hell of it, I've done a limerick as well. There once was a person named Gene who dressed his big family in green. He married some Tims and moved in with
1: thems. Can we
0: please get the COVID vaccine?
1: Excellent. Excellent. I also have composed for you, Mrs. Tim, my new wife, who I love so much, I gave you a haiku and a limerick. First, the haiku. So here's the good news. We've all tested negative, but for different things. (laughs) And the limerick, which I'm particularly proud of. There once was a charming young missus whose man catching skills were prodigious. She had quite a few to whom she said, I do their towels said hers, his, his, and his's. I love it. I love it. That's a great limerick.
0: Tim, uh, just because we doted on your wife, this episode, don't think that you're off the
1: hook, buddy. We love you too. Yep, Everybody in we're, we're doing a cuddle puddle.
0: Woo. Wink. That's all the show we have for you tonight. We invite you to participate in person to person and person, and it's so easy to do. Shoot us an email at personandpersonshow at gmail.com. Drop us a voicemail at 541 249 2533. Find us on Twitter at Anchor Persons. And until next time, this is Gene Person saying, should always end a comedy set with a callback.
1: And this is Greg Person saying, spot the hard bone. Good night. Person in Person is brought to you by the Perineum Group, the only truly centrist news organization. That's right, Greg. We're in
0: the sweet spot between partisan extremes. When taint the left and taint the right,
1: it's Perineum. Wink!